welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Welcome in to the DFFL Podcast. I'm your host, James Wiley, and with me is co-host Aaron Kelly. Aaron, how's it going today? Hey, it's going great. How about you? It's fantastic. We are actually both together in person right now, recording from the same place, which is a little different than normal. Usually we're on Skype. We just got back from a round of golf in which we both sucked. But that's golf. So That is golf. All right. So we got a good episode for you today. We're going to start off with some news for you. I wish I had great news on the Melvin Gordon or Ezekiel Elliott front, but neither one of them has signed a deal yet. Aaron, you think anything's going to happen before the season for either one of these guys? Zeke, most likely. Melvin Gordon, I'm not so sure. I'm actually kind of nervous about him. I hope something comes of it because I really think the Chargers with Melvin Gordon have a chance to actually really go deep in the playoffs. Not talking fantasy here, but without Melvin Gordon, I don't see that happening. I think that's the general perception. Like people kind of think that Zeke's will get done and Gordon's won't. Is there a reason why you feel that way? Or yeah, I think it's because it seems like while they're going through these contract negotiations back and forth, Zeke seems a little more open. Whereas Melvin Gordon's kind of been like, "Hey, I'm either taking this con, getting a new contract, or being traded, or I'm not playing." You know, so. Yeah, there was the aspect of the trade that Gordon threw in. Zeke never really demanded a trade. So I guess that is a good reason to kind of feel more optimistic about Zeke's opportunity to get a new contract than Melvin Gordon. On the fantasy front, I hope they both get sorted out before fantasy drafts, if you have a late fantasy draft, because it really becomes a headache. We've already been through this with Le'Veon Bell. You know, we know how that turned out for a lot of people. And I'm just not sure you feel comfortable taking Melvin Gordon or Eckler as his handcuff and dealing with that all season. So, yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know. Like, what are we going to do? Like the the Le'Veon Bell thing scares a lot of people, I'm sure. So how far do they drop? How far are you willing to draft them? Let's say, you know, we're 10 days away from our draft. On our draft, what round are you feeling like the risk is outweighed by the reward for drafting either one of these guys? Probably Zeke I'll take maybe a little earlier. I think that'll be solved before people draft or people who draft late end up will be able to draft him uh, without issues. But if I'm looking at Melvin Gordon, oh, man, I'm saying... Probably fourth round for me in the, for this reason. I'll take my two running backs. I'll take my wide receiver one. And then, hey, as a, if he, if he's a flex and he ends up signing and he does what he did last year, you've got an amazing flex player. So I'll take my chances on that. And you can find a wide receiver too anywhere you want to. Yeah. I, I have a feeling you wouldn't end up with him. I think that I would draft him earlier than that. I'm talking late second, early third, that I might take that risk. I don't know that for sure, but in my head right now, I can't see passing him up at that point. Even, even in the second round? 
The second, I don't, if I, so I would have to get an early pick in the duck race and then that would leave me with an early third round pick. So I'd take my top two guys and then the third round, I'd have an early pick. If he was still there, I would probably pull the trigger. The late second, I don't know that I would be able to unless like a ton of wide receivers went and there was another running back available. See, that's my concern. The second round just seems too early. You want to lock in two certain players. You need those top two players. Melvin Gordon can be that top player. You just don't know. You know, he could end up getting traded to pick somebody. The Dolphins. Who knows? I'm not. I'm just saying. I just picked the Dolphins because they're they're the lowest possible to win the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> at any given second, you could probably look at me and see some piece of Dolphins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the Dolphins, or he could get traded anywhere where he's not going to be as effective, and or he may not play. Yeah, you don't the, want that to be your second pick. You don't want your second pick to not be playing. The other reason that it's a little bit more optimistic for Zeke is he's got two years left until his contract is up, and then they can put the franchise tag on him. So he's really. You know, he's got a while left until he really should be getting a new contract. So, you know, he's got less legs to stand on than Melvin Gordon. Still more than me. (laughs) While we're on the Cowboys, I just want to touch on it all seemed to be going right for them. And now it all seems to be kind of coming to a boil with their main players here. And just want to touch on Dak Prescott real quick. He's not a $40 million no. no, he's not. And no. I sat down, we sat down yesterday and spoke about where we kind of see him. And I could think of 15 quarterbacks I would rather have than Dak Prescott. So that that's just me and my personal opinion. So I just don't, I think he's holding out for a bit more than he's trying. He does it a bit more than he deserves. I would say that that is true as far as holding out for more than he deserves. But I don't know. I, I I didn't sit down and actually count my number. I don't know that 15 is the number I necessarily agree with. I think there's players in there like Roethlisberger, Rivers, Breeze, Brady, who probably landed on your list that might not land on my list because we're looking at this more from, a I feel like, a fantasy perspective or a short-term perspective. If you're thinking from a franchise standpoint, you can't invest that much in those guys who are so much older than him. The going rate for a franchise quarterback right now is between 30 and 35 million. And every time a new quarterback is up for a contract or every time anybody's up for a contract, you know, they want to push those limits and increase that money for not only themselves, but for the other quarterbacks coming in who are due contracts soon after that. For example, you know, Le'Veon Bell just signed his his contract, and that's, you know, something that Melvin Gordon's going to base his contract off of. He's going to want his numbers to look similar, if not higher. And so I think that Dak is looking at Brady getting 35 mil a year extension for two years and saying, listen, yeah, maybe he's better than me, but I'm going to be here a lot longer than Brady is, we think. We don't know. (laughs) And... And so he's going to say, you know, I want this much because, you know, down the line, I'm going to need that much. Here's my problem with Dak. He 
sure, you can call him a franchise quarterback because the Cowboys have made him that. But the Cowboys have made him that. He hasn't made himself that. He's just an average quarterback. What I'm getting at is, like, Deshaun Watson, the way he plays, Patrick Mahomes, the way he plays, you know, based off of one year. That's a franchise quarterback. Holy cow, we can't get rid of this guy. Yeah. You could, you could, the Cowboys, if they wanted to, could have drafted, hypothetical, Kyron Murray and been like, you know what, this is our guy now. Because Dak Prescott is not that impressive. He's just, he's your, he's your barely above average quarterback. He's not typically going to win you games, but at the same time, he's not going to lose you games. He's probably, Similar to an Alex Smith in that sense. Yeah. He's absolutely. more of a game manager. Yeah. And those guys, and you know, I love Alex Smith, but those aren't franchise quarterbacks. Right. Dak, Dak isn't making anyone around him better. No. Tom Brady, for as much as, you know, we, I hate him and, and people hate him, you know, he makes the people around him better. Like he's, He's getting nobody's basically put into his system, and he just makes them look good. Julian Edelman's not going to be good on any other team. Like, you know, Wes Welker wasn't anything significant when he was with the Dolphins, and then he got traded to the Patriots, and he was a top 15, top 20 wide receiver. You know, so Tom Brady makes people better, whereas Dak thrives based on the people around him. How many years has Dak been in the league? It's going on his fourth. How many playoff wins does he have? He won one game last year against the Seahawks and then lost to the Rams 22-30. to 30. I just, it's it's not good enough. You know, you have the best running back, one of the best running backs in the league. You have, they gave you a little more support for wide receivers, which is good. You needed that. I'll give him that. But in a division that the Cowboys, if you break that division down, should be winning. That division is very, very poor. They should be winning that. And then focusing on that playoff win. And they got one. He's got one in three years. But it, to me, he's just, he's not a 40 million guy. Give him, give him his 22 million and have fun. All right. While we're speaking about that, we got a couple injuries to talk about. And on that note, Amari Cooper is actually out for the rest of preseason and is expected but and hoped to be back for the start of the regular season, but that's going to affect Dak. And not only is it going to affect Dak, but if they don't have Ezekiel by that time, we're going to see the real Dak come out without any any of his weapons. Yeah, and then I think it'll be a good argument in favor of Jerry Jones. Yeah. Who, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he offered him a $30 million contract, and I think that's more than fair. Allegedly, Dak turned that down. We don't know the details, so we can't really comment on what an idiot Dak would be to do something like that. But it is also weird to me. I think Jerry's priorities are a little messed up. I mean, he said Dak, Cooper, then Zeke is the the order he plans to do the contracts, and Cooper is far and away the third for me out of that. Yeah, he's he's the least likely of players who needs a contract and he's the easiest to replace. Exactly. I think that's why he's Zeke is a franchise running back. Yeah. You which don't is get that. Very rare. Yes. You don't get that very often. Lock that up. Whatever you have left over, give it to give it to Dak. And if he doesn't like it, then 
Find a new quarterback. Yeah. They're, they're a dime a dozen. Eh, I wouldn't say they're a dime a dozen. They're kind of hard to come by. I mean, if you're the Dolphins, maybe. <laughs> and the Browns, dude. How long Why? did it take them to find Breaker Mayfield? Well, they went dude, through. They're the worst franchise. <laughs> we can't, you can't even use that. They're like in the league of their own. <laughs> and they're losing to all those female softball players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So other major injuries. Uh, today, Keenan Allen pulled up with an ankle injury. It's said to be not too serious, but that's just something to note. Another team with a quarterback who is pretty good, but without his top running back and his top wide receiver, it might be hard-pressed to actually have a good season. And a little bit different of a situation, Philip Rivers is towards the end of his career. He's he's looking to get something done quick as far as winning. And without those guys, he might not be able to do that. Other injuries, Kenyon Drake is out and he's been seen in a walking boot. But the Brian Flores head coach and team has taken on the Patriots style of uh, press conferences. And he said... Not very much. He said, we'll take, we're taking it day by day with him and, and people are speculating he won't be back for the rest of the preseason. Might even miss some time in the, in the regular season. I don't think that alters too many people's drafts. No. Balage probably moves up a little bit. Drake probably drops down a little bit and they'll probably be taken closer to the same round rather than about five rounds apart. I think they are right now, four or five rounds apart. And then Andrew Luck is a major thing. Again, we're getting this situation where he's sitting out the entire preseason. Nobody knows really if he's going to be back. We've been through this before. And he affects a lot of people. He affects Marlon Mack. He affects Naeem Hines. He affects T.Y. Hilton. He affects Devin Funches. He affects Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. They're like That's a lot of fantasy players that Andrew Luck really has a heavy impact on. So between an injury in his calf and some comments from Jim Irsay saying that he has a small bone issue, don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that could be very annoying to some people who end up drafting some Colts before we know what's up with Luck. Yeah, hopefully we get... A little more information about that because Andrew Luck, we both ranked as our number one quarterback. Yeah, you know, and, in our early rankings. Yeah, and I'm dropping him down, obviously. So yeah. this is someone who, if I were to draft him, I'm probably, unfortunately, because you know I wouldn't want to do this, but thinking about taking a second quarterback. Just yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't see myself ending up with him because for me to feel comfortable, I'd probably wait till he fell to the. The double digit rounds. Yeah, and he may not do that. And he's I mean, not going to do that, someone, I don't think. Someone's going to take a shot on him. And yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say I can't blame him because guess what? He's got injury history. Right. And right now, it's not a good look for him. And it's not his fault. You know, people get injured, but judging by his past, you can't put any stock into Andrew Luck right now. We will hopefully have a little bit of clarity on that one as Frank Reich. Coach there said he wants to have a decision made on starting quarterback by the end of preseason games week three. So by next week, by next episode, we should know a little bit more about Luck and his situation, at least for the start of the season. 
And that's about it on major injury issues. They'll they'll keep rolling in. We'll keep spitting them out to you because it is the preseason and players get hurt all the time. So today we are doing a new episode we didn't haven't done before, and this is a bold takes episode. And this is fantasy oriented. We're going to give you four bold takes each. So that's eight bold takes for you. And then we're going to round it out to a nice even 10 by giving you our Super Bowl, our Dark Horse Super Bowl picks for the AFC and NFC sides. You ready? I'm ready. Are the people ready? I was asking them if they're ready. They're definitely not ready. (laughs) This is going to cause a lot of uh, controversy. And that's okay. Because, listen, we want to create that. We want to create some talking points. And, honestly, we want to hear from you guys. And if you think we are absolutely nuts, crazy, stupid, indifferent, or whatever you want to say we are, let us know. Email us. Make sure you send it to Jim. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... We're getting into our top four bold takes this year. We broke it down by position, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, tight end. Uh, that was all messed up. I feel like I should say that again. Let's start with quarterback. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. That's how it has to go. Sorry about that. We're not going to go in that order, though. We're going to go from our least bold to our most bold. Exactly. And then we'll finish off with our Super Bowl picks. So... Would you like to go first? Should I go first? Should we flip a coin? No, you go first. All right. My least bold prediction for this season, in my opinion, is that Evan Ingram will finish as a top two tight end this year. And I say that because there's all kinds of wide receiver issues going on in New York. You got Tate out for four weeks. Four weeks. You've got Sterling Shepard with a broken thumb. Then what? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you've got Cody Latimer. No more OBJ. No more OBJ. You got Cody Latimer. It's it's a messed up receiving core there. And so I think by the end of the year, Daniel Jones comes in as the starter. I think they move on from Eli this year during the year. I think Eli starts the season. I think Daniel Jones finishes it. And in both cases... I think that the big-bodied tight end, Evan Ingram, entering, I think, his third year now, will flourish. I think that, you know, tight ends take a little bit longer to develop, and he is this freak of an athlete, and I think that he'll take over the primary receiving role there that is vacated by OBJ. I actually like what you're saying for this reason. I think the the Giants... Start the season one and three, and they say, you know what? It's time. And the Eli gig is up. Four games into the season. And Daniel Jones comes in, and we both know plenty of times new rookie quarterbacks love to throw short. They don't want to really air it out too often. And Evan Engram is a great, great option for that to happen. And I think he very well, it is a bold prediction because for him to beat out Kelsey or Ertz or Kittle would be tough. But you know what? I like that, Jim. Good call. That's my bold prediction. Again, that's my least bold, I think. So hopefully they get more bold. All right. My least bold prediction is Odell Beckham Jr. ends the season with the most 
touchdowns by a wide receiver, beating out DeAndre Hopkins, beating out Julio Jones, beating out Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, going down. Okay. And that's, that's, that's mildly bold. I mean, he is a top five wide receiver probably you got. I know you don't like him, but you do have Antonio Brown to consider there too um, because he's like literally the only thing there. So <laughs> I and, just feel like this is a better offense for him. Baker's going to air it out. Eli couldn't. They got Landry. It's going to pull some pressure off of OBJ. Cleveland also has a running game. So I think this is going to turn out pretty well for him. And the person who's going to you know, come out on top of this is going to be Baker Mayfield out of everybody, I think. But I think he's going to rely heavily on OBJ, and he's going to get in the uh, the end zone a lot this year. That's my okay. that's my bold prediction. All right, can't combat a bold prediction. That's you, kind you of the definition of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being bold. Got my hairy boys out, and they're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my third most bold prediction is regarding running backs, and I'm going to say Dion Lewis will finish higher than Derrick Henry in the running back rankings by the end of the season. Any thoughts on that before I get going? Yeah, I I agree with that, actually. I do not like Derrick Henry. I think he's overrated, and I think Deion Lewis is a better running back. Yeah, so Derrick Henry finished last year with 193 fantasy points in uh, half-point PPR in our leagues, and 70... Eight of those came in two games. I mean, he had a 77.5. He had a game of 47.8 and 29.7 back to back. And towards the end of the season, he started the year off with six single digit games. And to be honest, this is what I really see happening in Tennessee this year. I think that Mariota is out this year. I think he may get hurt or is just going to really not do well. And this is probably a bold take as well, but I think Ryan Tannehill takes over for at some point during the year. And I think that will bode well for Deion Lewis more so than Derrick Henry. Tannehill will get the ball out quick to running back. He likes to, to get it out on screen passes and, and running back flat routes. And I just see Deion Lewis being a better option. Additionally, I don't see them being very good. So there is the narrative that, okay, they're going to be behind, so they need to have their pass catching back in there, and Derrick Henry's not going to do that. So I really actually see Deion Lewis finishing better than Derrick Henry this year. The Mariota leash is very short. I would I think say it was, so. I was very surprised he didn't lose his job last year, and I think they've had enough of him. So um, I don't have this written down, as you can see, but Mariota might be the first QB to lose his job this season. Wow, look at all these bonus bold takes we're throwing Ooh. in there. <laughs> okay, I could see that. I think the only other real options might be Miami and New York, I think. I don't know where else there'd be somebody who would lose their job very quickly. Uh, so, so yeah, that is 
that's that's a, definitely a bold take to take a stance on one of those teams because um, you know you don't know how long the Fitz magic is going to last, and Eli is sort of a staple in New York, and nobody's particularly excited about Daniel Jones, I don't think. So, you know, I think that I think Ryan Tannehill's a sneaky starter this year. I don't think he's as bad as he was in Miami. I think injuries impacted him a lot. And maybe a change of scenery will do him well this year. And that'll help him overcome Marcus Mariota. All right. So while we're sticking around on quarterbacks, my next bold take is Mr. Philip Rivers. And my take is that Philip Wait, Rivers. Wait, are you about to tell me he's going to have his 20th kid? Because that's not that big of a take. <laughs> no, but what I am going to tell you is that he's going to finish in the top three QBs. Okay, wow. Top three, huh? You got to go. Listen, the bolder, the better. All right? Then this is why. This man has it all. He's getting toward the twilight of his career. He wants to win something. He wants to sling that ball. And I'm going with that. Melvin Gordon's going to be there, and that's going to help this happen. Now, okay. if it doesn't happen, if Melvin Gordon's not there, he's not finishing top three. Don't don't even go on this bold take because it's all bullshit. Well, if, if he doesn't, he might be chucking him more. He might be chucking more. It might, it's even bolder. I don't even know. But anyway, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon coming out of the backfield. One of the best offenses around. This is probably the best team that Phillip Rivers has had around him his entire career. Agreed. So I think this is going to be a breakout year for an old dog. All right. I like it. Bold take. Top three, huh? What? Do, just for reference, let's see. He finished last year. Long pause for effect. <laughs> Last year, he finished as the 11th quarterback. So that is definitely a bold take. And we will see if it sticks. He finished to get up to three. He would need 84 points. Nice. Don't worry. It's only additional touchdown a game. Could do it. All right. So I'm not going to have as clean of a segue as you into my next position. because quarterback is my most bold take. Ooh. And I'm sure people know where I'm going with that one. But my next bold take is a wide receiver that was mentioned earlier in this episode. And that's Tyreek Hill. And my bold take is Tyreek Hill finishes outside the top 10 wide receivers this year. You hate that guy. I do not like Tyreek Hill. Why? He is overrated. Outside the top 10, he's last year's top wide receiver in most scoring formats. You know, he had five games in the single digits. Like, that's not a top wide receiver worthy. I don't want my wide receiver scoring single digits in five games for being the number one wide receiver out of all wide receivers. So I think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes comes back down to earth from 50 touchdowns. And that's part of this. 50 touchdowns is insane. It's only been done three times, including last year by Patrick Mahomes. Not even Dan Marino threw 50 touchdowns. Come on, dude. <laughs> but I think the more safe options of DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio, Michael Thomas, I think they all, those guys are going to do their thing. You know, you got Mike Evans, you got Juju, Robert Woods was top 10 last year. I think there's plenty of receivers who can, who can 
get in there. And T.Y. Hilton finished outside the top 10. If, if luck is back, I think he finishes in there or close to there. And I think there's plenty of receivers who can actually overtake Tyreek Hill. And, and I don't see it. I don't see it. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes loses about 15 touchdowns this year. And Tyreek Hill. All 15 went to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had thir- he had 14 touchdowns. So, yeah, he's actually going to have negative one touchdown yeah. next year. <laughs> he's he's going to run into his own end zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you take three or four touch. If you take four touchdowns away from him, let's say, that's maybe that's a lot of touchdowns to take away from him. It's 24 points. So that drops him down to 266, which brings him wide receiver five. But you got to account for all those yards, and most of his are long bomb touchdowns. So I don't see it happening again. All right. He may not be the number one wide receiver. Oh, and, I, I, and, and that's fine. I'm I will make any bet you want that he is not the one wide receiver but one this year. I don't believe there's enough wide receivers to push him out of the top 10. I, I think he's still going to be top 10. He may not be top five, but 10's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know, man. OBJ wasn't inside the top 10 last year. T.Y. Hilton wasn't. Cooks was 11. Yeah, but some people are going to drop out. Brown's going to drop out. No, he's not, man. Yes. He's not. Yep. All right. Well, that's my bold take. I, that's that's the, right. the beauty of it. I got to be as bold as I want. I'm not sure... Which one is more bold, my next one or the one after that? But I'm going to go with this. Okay. Moving on to tight end. All right. I have a feeling this might be my most bold statement, but maybe not. Jordan Reed. I know people are having panic attacks right now. Oh, my God. This guy screwed me over so many times. (laughs) But let me tell you, people, this is the year. Jordan Reed goes uninjured the entire season. And finishes top three tight end. Guess what? You don't have to take him until round 14. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I still don't think that. I might not even do that. And I might just let him go undrafted, have my tight end suck the first week, and then pick him up. (laughs) No one's going to pick him up waiting for the injury, and he'll finish tight end three. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I. that's... That is bold. I mean, Jordan Reed. This is the first preseason Jordan Reed has come in without an injury. And that is amazing. If Jordan Reed does actually do this, okay, if he actually finishes all 16 games, that'll be the first time in his what's about to be his seven-year career. Yes. The most he ever had. 14. Was 14. Yes. Absolutely. And look at those monster numbers. Uh, 87 receptions, almost a 1,000 yards receiving, 11 touchdowns is huge. I think you're right. I think that if he finishes 16 games, he could easily be top three. But... That's the beauty of it. The finishing 16 games is insane. And additionally, who the hell's throwing him the ball? Unfortunately, Haskins. You think? <laughs> yeah. You think he'll start? Yeah. His, oh, well, Alex Smith ain't ready to go, so. Yeah. What are the, what are the other options there? Colt McCoy, I think. Case Keenum, Colt McCoy. All right, so let's say it's Case Keenum. Let's just say he starts. I, I think Reed will get some use out of that. It probably drops if Dwayne Haskins comes in. But, again, 
Not a lot of tight ends put up big numbers, so he's got like three other guys to compete with. If he completes all 16 games, I think he'll be all right. Whoa, he's got four. I bold predicted Engram was going to be top two. (laughs) Four guys to compete with. (laughs) All right, that's a bold take. And I think that anybody who's driving should pull over and listen to our next two bold takes. Don't drive and listen to these next two. Yeah, you should be very, very careful. Put your seatbelt on. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So my bold take, my number one bold take this year, is that Josh Allen will be a top eight quarterback by the end of the season. Aaron. You need a few minutes to breathe. Like you're, you're, you're looking kind of weird over there. I hate it. Why? I hate it. Tell me why. What do you why? hate about it? Because he's a Bills quarterback and they suck. But that doesn't mean anything. It does. What does that mean? It means he's going to suck and he's not finishing in the top eight. <laughs> Sorry. It is your most bold, which you have to go big. I mean, Josh Allen. To end the year, all right, when he he was out for four games by week, took over 26 points, 31 points, 22 points, 21 points, 11 points against New England, and then 42 points against Miami. Yeah, but he played Miami twice. He played the Jets once. Those teams and suck. He gets to do that again. He oh, gets to play those teams God, twice. Dude, it's so bad. What about the first couple weeks? Crap against Baltimore. I'm trying to clean my mouth up. Crap against Green Bay. Crap against Tennessee. Real crap against Houston. Really good against the Chargers, 20. Really good against Minnesota, 32. So two out of six. Okay. But that's seven games out of his... Well, he was in more than half of his games, he had over 20 points. And he was a rookie. And it's not like there weren't good... Minnesota and LA are pretty good defenses. Like, it's not like they're not good defenses. And he gets to play the Jets twice now. He gets to play Miami twice. He gets to play a lot. He gets to play the Giants this year. He gets to play the Redskins this year. From week 12 to the end of the year, he was QB number one. And that includes Mahomes. QB number one for the last six weeks of the year. And I'm just saying he's going to be QB eight. Yeah, he, you, hey, draft him. I'm going to. <laughs> Go for it. I'm going to. And I'm going to get my pizza. To. I want you to. My pizza? My shake. My shake. I'm going to get my shake. Yeah. I don't, what, is, what is that bet again? Uh, that he finishes higher than uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Mm. <laughs> Doubling down on this. I'm going to get a shake and my bowl takes going to be correct. <laughs> uh, well, now that we've semi-recovered from that... <laughs> This is going to be a dagger for some people. I'm about to... Remember, any positive emails addressed to Aaron, any negative emails addressed to James, especially this. Kramer, you can hit Aaron up with how good Josh Allen is. Running back. Oh, my bold prediction, my most bold prediction ends with probably the most important position in fantasy. The running back. And Jim, it'll be Mr. Saquon Barkley who is going to finish outside of the top 10 running backs this year. Bogus. Is my most bold prediction. Bogus. You think that my Josh Allen thing is bogus. That is bogus. 
The reason is this. That offense is trash. It's been trash for a long time. He was a bright spot in that offense. But now, teams, they got that rookie year under him. They know what to expect. They're going to stack it. And I believe you had a fun little stat the other night. Could you retell that stat? Data Bandit. Data Bandit's here. (laughs) So, Saquon Barkley had the most plays from the running back position over 20 yards last year. And if you didn't count any of those 20-yard plays, which is unrealistic, yeah, he's going to have plays. Yeah, have to count a few. But if you didn't count any of them, his yards per carry was 2-point-something, 2.2 or something like that, which is not great. It is not great. And I think a lot of teams going into last year knew he was a good runner. Okay, he's a good runner. But they didn't really close in on him. Maybe, I don't know why... You know, he's got, he's obviously talented, uh, can break a few tackles and obviously break a long run. But I think a lot of teams are really going to turn it up on them this year and just say, you know what? We're going to force Eli. We're going to force Jones to throw. Who are they going to throw to? We're going to force him to throw. And I'll tell you what, we'll take our chances stopping Saquon and that should get us the win. (laughs) Reasons why you're wrong are they got rid of Odell, yes. But in doing so, they upgraded their offensive line. They got one of the best guards in the game. They take away the advantage of opening up the field as much with OBJ there, not there anymore. But in the four games that he played last year with OBJ, three of them he had 16 or more points. He did have one rough one against Tennessee. And... Tennessee has a solid defense as far as defenses go. Washington, probably not that great of a defense. But Indy and Dallas had surprisingly solid defenses last year, and he still managed to get 16 and 22 in those games. I think that, you know, maybe he doesn't finish the running back one, like everybody's saying, and he does finish maybe, maybe top five, you can say, outside of. But... Barring injury, this is all... We're, we're assuming no injuries for all of this stuff, guys. You know, I, I think that that's that's bold take. You're entitled to your bold takes, but I am not buying that bold take. You better subscribe. I'm not. Do it. I won't Sophomore do it. slump is coming. Uh, it's not a, that's not a thing. It's a thing. Not for running backs. You watch. Quarterbacks, yeah. Wide receivers take off year three. Tight ends, year three, year four. But at running backs... By the time year three happens, you're usually throwing them out to the trash. This is going to be a major letdown. I can't even think. I don't think I can think of ten running backs that will finish ahead of Nine running backs that will finish ahead of them. Ten running backs that will finish ahead of them. More so than Tyreek Hill. I think there's easily, there's much, there's a much better chance that there's ten wide receivers than there are ten running backs. Yeah, we'll see. You got, I mean, you got McCaffrey, you got Kamara. David Johnson, you're not high on Bell, so you don't think he's going to no, be top Bobby 10, Bell's right? No, going to suck. So, you, you can, James Conner, you think he'll be top out. 10? I think he'll be pretty good, actually, this year. Gurley? If he's healthy, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Chubb? What sucks about Chubb is he's going to end up splitting time. Right. And 
Zeke, yes. Mixon could. Zeke, if he's back. Dalvin Cook definitely can this year. Mixon and Dalvin Cook could. Melvin Gordon, if he resigns. If he resigns. But, all right, so if, so we're looking at if Ezekiel Elliott, if Melvin Gordon, and if Todd Gurley are all good, do you think Carryon Johnson or Damian Williams go? Damian Williams more so than Carryon Johnson. And we might see a little breakout from uh, Leonard Fournette. Oof, that's rough. You never know. That's rough. You never know. I just, I don't see, I, you know, I could see maybe an argument for 10, but there's just, I just don't see the running backs. Now, it, it should be pointed out additionally that, you know, on average, 33% of first round running backs get injured for a significant amount of time during the year. So assuming he's healthy, that means some of these other top 10 running backs are going and that makes it even harder. But if he's one of those, Three, then I guess technically you win by accident. <laughs> by accident. Yeah. Hey, that's why we do this, to create talking points. That's a hell of a talking point. And if he does finish outside of the top ten, then I'll say I told you so. <laughs> it's also a bold statement. I will say, listen, I will say this. Do I really, do I really think... He's going to finish outside the top 10, probably could put top five and people would, that would create a more of an argument, an arguing point, right? Okay. But I certainly don't think he's going to finish running back one. Definitely not. Not this year. Rarely ever does the running back one I just, drafted I even, finish. I don't even, I really think he's going to have what you feel Patrick Mahomes is going to have. Oh, you don't feel that about Patrick? I don't, well, I don't think. He's going to do what he did, but I don't think he's going to be bad. Oh, no, I don't think he's going to be bad either. 35 touchdowns is what the yeah. the, the elite quarterbacks throw. <laughs> I just think both of them probably come a little bit back down. Okay. That's fair. I mean, he's – honestly, if we look back at those runs, he's probably – you know, it's an, it's an inch here, an inch there of getting tackled or – 20-plus yards. You know what I mean? Game of inches. We all know that. Yeah, absolutely. I think he just has the advantage of being a true third down back, whether they're losing, which they probably will be, except for December 15th because they're playing the Dolphins. Then they can throw to a Saquon. He can run. Like, he just does it all, and there's not many quarterbacks. There's not many running backs who do that. And I think that's... Him and Kamara. And Zeke. And Zeke and David Johnson. I guess if you want to count. Uh, I wouldn't count McCaffrey. Yeah, He's not a great runner right now. Gurley does it. Bell does it. Bell does it. But Connor's not great at the pass no, receptions. No, the problem is with Bell is not Bell. It's the coach. I don't know how it's he's going to mesh with this. Oh, it's pretty easy. He'll just take a couple smelling salts before the game. <laughs> Did that you see that is, video? Yeah, that dude is weird. Whoa. He's a weird dude. It <clears throat> New York has got to him already. <laughs> he needs to take a chill pill. Yeah. Lay off the I gotta pill. say, he wasn't like that. Like all those eye things and the, the, oh, lay off the smelling salts and stuff, like all that stuff was not happening in Miami. Or you, they just didn't notice it because it's Miami and yeah. I would agree with that if I wasn't constantly looking at things going on there. Like, okay, to the average person, yeah, Miami's not that big. But I'm, you know, I know when these players shit, so. Oh, great. Now we got to, now we got to put explicit because you have a bad <laughs> um, But listen, I got to say, as a New York-based podcast, you're not making any friends here with these bold takes and with the, 
the attack in the Mets last podcast. You know, our best, our most devoted listener is not even in our league, Mr. Patrick Wilson. And he was all upset about your Mets takes. Now he's going to hear this and he's going to be Listen, very upset. No, no, it's not. It's nothing against the Giants. I, I will honestly say before the Giants got rid of Odell, they were probably one, two players away, two key signings away from being a playoff team. They were a decent team. They just went through a little rough patch last year and kind of found their way. Then once they got rid of Odell, it's, it's like they just tore it down and, and they weren't that far off. They needed a quarterback. We already knew that. But, and Saquon's the real deal. He's freaking good. He's, he is and will be better than Bell and will be better than Zeke. But it's my bold prediction and that's what I want to say. All right. So that's our eight bold predictions for the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Nailed it this time. And you can interact with us. My Twitter handle is at FinFan3493, F-I-N-F-A-N-3493. And my partner over here, Aaron Kelly, is at amkelly802. You can email us at DoverFantasyFootball at gmail.com. But before we go today, we got one more bold take set from each of us, and that's our Super Bowl dark horses from the AFC and NFC. I went first on the bold takes. I think you're up. And dark horses, put that in like bold because it is very, very, very deep for me. I'm fine with it. Mine, I feel like, are dark horses. I think they'll make the playoffs, but not make it very far. But they are somebody I could see if every ball bounces their way potentially yeah. winning. Fine. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Mine have basically no shot, and I'm literally throwing darts at a wall <laughs> that doesn't even have a, a dartboard on it. <laughs> All right. So, my first team to make the Super Bowl from the AFC is Cleveland. The land. The All Browns. Right. The dog pound. That is a bull take. But it is a popular bull take, I'd say. I'm jumping on the bandwagon a bit. I really like Baker Mayfield. He's a cool dude. Baker Mayfield. Did you see him slam down that beer? I did not. He shotgun. Okay, so you know how Aaron. I know that it happened. Yeah. Kind of bitched out and didn't drink his beer quickly or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think people gave like people got all hopped on Brady when he did that on the late night show. But I mean, I definitely could have drank it faster than. Yeah. Anyone can. Brady, Brady just doesn't look like a man who can chug a beer faster than many people. Except for Aaron Rodgers, apparently. But Baker Mayfield is a man's man. Did you see the video, Jim, of him shotgunning a beer? I did not. He I heard about it. He chewed the can open. But <laughs> he chewed the can open. Did he really? This is, why, this is how you know Baker Mayfield and his hairy boys are going to the Super Bowl. Now, that being said, Cleveland to the Super Bowl. Accompanied by probably the worst pick of the four that we're going to give. I want to have a little faith. I'm going to go with my favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm putting a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm putting a lot of faith in not Jarek McKinnon because he's always injured. So (laughs) screw that guy. Bring on Coleman and Coleman and Shanahan back at it again. This is going to be great. Oh, man. This team is the Niners are going to sneak in on a wild card and then sneak their way over to the playoffs in 
to the Super Bowl. And it's going to be the Browns and the Niners. Okay. So you're right. The 49ers definitely are the most bold out of all of our predicted teams. Uh, and the, the Cleveland is the least bold yes. of the, the predicted teams. Um, Cleveland's at plus 1200 for their chances to win the Super Bowl, according to Vegas odd lines that they have posted. Just to let you know, if you have a gambling addiction, you should get that fixed too. Yeah. And the 49ers are plus 4,000. So those are some pretty, you know, the Cleveland one is, is the, the, the highest odds team is plus 600. And that's a tie between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots. Patriots. Which is bogus. The Browns are actually the same odds as the Rams, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I think people, here's the deal. They're definitely better. I think people are gassing them up to be a little better than they are. Those odds are not right. I think they're worse than the Rams. They are, I think they're worse than the Eagles. And I think they're probably somewhere between what they're better than the char or um I'm sorry, they're better than the Chicago Bears. So I think like fourteen hundred would be ideal for that. Okay. So that leads to my predictions. My prediction for the AFC team is the Houston Texans. And, you know, I just think that they got a lot of pieces down there. Obviously they have Watson, Hopkins blatantly obvious studs they have down there. But then they got Fuller and Cutie, and if they can stay healthy, I think things roll in that passing game very well. You got Lamar Miller, who's going to get the job done, and that's the best he's probably going to do. But they recently traded for Duke Johnson. I think that adds a, a whole di- new dynamic to their offense that they didn't have before, something coming out of the backfield. People are underestimating. I know it hasn't been that long. It's been a little bit less than a week, but... I'm just super pumped for that Duke Johnson move. I actually traded for him in our Dynasty League because I I have faith that that's going to be a pretty good move for them. And so, you know, they've got the pieces on defense. They got J.J. Watt. It's rumors about Clowney being traded, but I'm super pumped for Houston's odds to potentially be a little bit of a sleeper pick for that Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's actually a a good pick. I think 33 Hundred is a little high, you know. I, th- I don't think that's fair. I think they actually have a better shot at winning the Super Bowl than Cleveland would. Well, yeah, Houston does have a tough division. I think this is these odds are based on you know luck being there, and that makes the Colts probably the favorite in that division. You got the Jaguars, who offense isn't that great, but their defense is still very solid. They would have to probably get a wild card spot to get into the playoffs. And so that's probably playing into that. And there's the factors of Cutie and Fuller both being very injury prone. So I'm, I'm probably a little bit higher, but you know, at, at 33, I think is surprising number to see for, for me, but wouldn't be bad putting a dollar down on them. It wouldn't be bad putting a dollar down on them. <laughs> so yeah. All right. And then my Super Bowl. Gonna be a good old fashioned Texas showdown. Oh shoot! Gonna throw in San Antonio Spurs in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Wait a minute, now gonna throw in the Dallas Cowboys, who are only at two thousand, which surprises me. I think that's that's a, that's lo- that's again. They should be twelve hundred. They're a good team. They're gonna win that division. 
Philly is a good team. I think, I think it's know, between Cowboys and Philly. Do you know why they're 2000? Why? Jason Garrett. Jason that's, Garrett doesn't know how to manage and win a playoff game. That's fair. So they're at 2000. Houston's at 3300. Cleveland's at 1200. 49ers are at 4000. You add those up. Just saying, mine's a little bolder than yours. Just a, just a, a yeah. hair. Yeah. Hundred more. I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I think that some of those numbers are a little off, but hey, that's probably why we don't work in Vegas and these people do. Yeah. What, well, you know, maybe they're wrong. Vegas yeah. is. Listen, I could totally see a Cleveland Dallas show that. It could happen. So. I could see Houston 49ers. Not really. I don't no, think I see the 49ers no, there. 49ers yet. are awful. They're not awful. They're just. You don't know awful. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a Jets fan or a Dolphins fan. 20. Listen, listen, folks. 25,000 plus 25,000 are the Miami Dolphins. Put a dollar on the Dolphins. (laughs) You could get a down payment for a a house. (laughs) So, yeah, that's our bold Super Bowl predictions. That's our bold predictions for positions in fantasy. And that's our episode for you today, guys. Next week, we have our overdrafted, underdrafted. Hopefully. Your draft doesn't take place before then. It's going to come out on the 23rd. A lot of drafts usually take place that next weekend or the weekend after that. Those are the two heavily, most heavily drafted weekends in fantasy football. And we'd like to get you our most overdrafted and underdrafted players at each position. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We had some fun ones last year. We did. And we were right on some, wrong on others. And we'll go into more detail about that next next week. All right. Lovely speaking with you, everybody. Give us a follow on Twitter at FinFan3493 at AMKelly802. Email us at DoverFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Tell us how stupid our bold predictions are. Tell us how much you love them. And you know what? I'll give them till next Friday. If they tweet us by next Friday with one of their bold takes... Tweet us with a bold take about any one of your fantasy positions and or a bold Dark Horse Super Bowl t- matchup. Then you'll win a Lake George decal sticker. <laughs> what? I bought a two-pack and I only needed one. <laughs> Oh, oh God! No, we need come on. Nobody want that shit. Oh, all right. What do we got for real? Uh, and just to clarify, this is not going to be the first person who does it. People are going to submit theirs, and then we'll have a drawing next time we next week when we record our next episode of the people who have tweeted us. So uh, it's not the first person. So don't think if you listen to this late that you shouldn't even enter. You have until next Friday. All right. Next Friday, tweet us one of your bold predictions and or your Super Super Bowl predictions. We will put all those people's names in a hat, swish it around, draw a name, and whoever's name is drawn that has tweeted us, 
will win a $5 gift card to... Oh, anywhere. Okay. Yeah, we'll just send, we'll, we'll send five bucks. Alright, so, ten days until the DFFL draft, so be That's ready exciting. for that. Yeah, that yeah. is exciting. How'd you They're coming along. Um, listen, if you want to come out to the DFFL draft, we usually do a barbecue, we play some yard games, we do the duck race, and that's how we determine the order of our draft. So if you're not in our league and you don't know about that, and you want to just come hang out, a bunch of guys just having a draft and, and barbecuing and playing yard games. Yeah, tweet us. Tweet us. Feel free to come by. Shoot me a text. I'll tell you, hey, tweet us and you can come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week for overrated or underrated. <laughs> what is it called? That's right. Overdrafted, underdrafted. Overdrafted or underdrafted. All right. See you later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to doverffl.weebly.com. Just want to touch on something real quick before we log off here. Do you think... This is Drew Brees' last season. No. Really? Okay. I think he's got two more. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. What about Brady? No. What about Roethlisberger? No. What about Rivers? No. We have a lot of household name quarterbacks coming to the tail end of their career, and they could all end up going the same season. To be fair, I don't even know if Brett Favre has played his last season. Bold <laughs> prediction back. for you. <laughs> it's going to be a changeover, changing of the guard, which is nice. And I think yeah. we've seen two kind of pop out, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So it'll be interesting to see a league where Breeze, Rivers, Brady, and Roethlisberger don't exist anymore. Yeah, it's coming, and it's coming soon, but I... I'm not ready to say any of them are ready for their, their last season. You know, if Breeze wins the Super Bowl this year, Saints win the Super Bowl, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might as well just say, like, hey, had a good last run. Yeah. Hang it up. Teddy, here you go. Take this team. And a lot of people are riding the Bridgewater yeah. train. For real. He's, he's pretty solid. They're saying he, he is a good he's a good quarterback. He's just been, you know, you know the injuries. He got, yeah, he got hurt by injury. Hurt by injuries. Isn't that redundant? Definitely hurt by injuries. His career was affected severely by injuries, and I think that it was a perfect landing spot for him in New Orleans, and I think that he will be a relatively seamless transition if Breeze does decide to hang it up soon. Yeah. That just came into my mind. I don't know why, but just want to talk about that.